Alrighty, we're back on Pirate Rock with another instalment of Behind the Vinyl. Nicholas, this week is? Skid Row, first album. Debut album, Skid Row, Skid Row again. Hell yeah. yeah. Did you get it when it first came out? Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, me too. I did. Yeah. Um, still got my, uh, my vinyl copy uh, and uh, loved it from the get-go. Great band. This is uh, this is a great band. When yeah. they come out, this is a great, great band. Actually, listening to the record now, it sounds a little bit dated. Um, Perhaps, yeah. But to me, Metallica doesn't really. Right. Even early Motley Crue, not as bad. Mm. The- theater does, mm. but like the first two, not as bad. Mm. Uh, bon Jovi, right? Not as bad. Kind of did the test of time. Right. This sounds a little bit dated for that okay. time. Right. Well, but. Maybe. A great, great record. Man. Yeah. Great, great record. Really, uh, really heavy. And uh, read somewhere that it was more, since it came out in 1989, 24th of January, it was more um, a, a more of a Guns N' Roses feel to it than, let's say, a Poison feel to it. They were more of that uh, street uh, kind of thing. Tougher. Tougher, edgy, yeah. Exactly. Really, uh, more aggressive in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and the and the tide was turning. You know, being, sure. being that late, the, yeah. uh, the the hair metal kind of world was fading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, so when these guys when these guys come around, and and also considering they're so close in regards to Bon Jovi, which we're going to get into. Yeah, the musically, it's a it's a fast step away from anything Bon Jovi was capable of. Absolutely. I mean, Bon Jovi was kind of wimpy compared to this. Absolutely. Wimpy mainstream. And this was, this was kind of mainstream metal Mm. for the metal fans, but not really. No. Some of these songs are, uh, especially the second album, Slave to the Grind. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But uh, let's, let's play the opening track, Big Guns. It's, uh, kicks off with the start with that, uh, guitar riff that, uh, yeah. You know, really, really sets the standard for the album. Let's tell everyone how you know how the how the story goes. Um, obviously, they're a New Jersey band, um, yeah, mainly made up by two people: uh, Rachel Boland, uh, bass player, yeah, um, whose real name isn't Rachel, by the way, <laughs> and um, uh, Snake Sabo. Was anyone back in the eighties? Did anyone go by their real birth name? I mean, they all had. Well, Mick Didn't Mars, they? Nikki Six, yeah. Zach Wild, <laughs> yeah. Sebastian Bach, exactly. Um, Cece Deville, yeah. You know, Vince Neil. Oh yeah, they're all they're all fake names. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and Rachel Boland, but where did where did he get Rachel from? Like, I'm just trying to think what what Rachel Boland's real name is. I have um, no James. idea. James. James. Okay. Yeah, James Southworth. Okay. Right. So where did he get Rachel from? No idea. No idea. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so Snake obviously grew up uh, a close neighborhood friend to John Bon Jovi. Yes. Um, they, they hung out a lot. 
And, yeah. Um, and Snake was actually in the original incarnation of Bon Jovi. Right, before Richie Sambora. Before Richie Sambora. He was filling in for him, mm. um, which is pretty interesting. And and I think John Bon Jovi even mentioned that on the uh, Hall of Fame induction. Okay. G- gave him a shout out when All on, right. his, on his speech, you know, okay. thanked him, you know, for being in the band right at the start. Yeah, yeah. Because that's so funny because we've talked about that as well, the whole the whole story. Now, that's not Skid Row, but the whole story of Bon Jovi and not being really, like when they started out, not really being a band. And and I, I found out that like years and years later. No, no. Uh, that it was more of, it was John Bon Jovi and a bunch yeah. of other guys. Yeah, it was John Bon Jovi who, who had a hit single. Yeah. Produced the song. Yeah. Runaway. Yeah. Um, had a single, needed a band to get him out on the road. Right, yeah. So uh, he had to then cobble together a, a band. Yeah. You know what, and, and that's not that far removed from uh, from many things. That's Metallica, you know? Yeah. Metallica, Lars Ulrich right. had a song yeah. on, on- True. Metal Massacre. Metal Massacre yeah. compilation. Yeah. So he had to find himself a band right, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, they were they were kind of tight. You get that that feeling way back in in New Jersey. New Jersey always makes me think of the mob. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All these Italian dudes. I think Bon Jovi <laughs> likes the uh, <laughs> likes to pretend that as well. Yeah, he's a wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, a Skid Row. Um, they put that band together, and 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 later on, then you know, they get help from. From John Bon Jovi, they get help from John Bon Jovi. Yeah, but before that, they they got hold of um, Sebastian Buck. Right. Yeah. You know who was who was Canadian born. Well, he's actually Bahamas born. Exactly. Lived in lived in Canada. There we go. And um, and found his way in a skid row because they had another lead singer, as we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd been in 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 he'd been in Madame X. Um, Sebastian, this is Sebastian, Sebastian Buck. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I just saw a funny interview today from from. Detroit 1987 with Sebastian and Madame X and Sebastian's got the biggest hair I've ever seen. Uh, and before that, he was supposedly in a band called Kid Wicked. He was in Kid Wicked. Yeah. Um, and there's stuff of that on YouTube, but I, I actually went through it today reading the comments and a lot of people saying that, no, nah, it's not Sebastian. Um, right. There were some really good songs, but people saying, no, nah, it's not Sebastian singing. So I, never, I don't know if he ever recorded anything or right. stuff like that. But... Um, and and he was also in um he was a traveling musician on school choirs. Oh right. He was a kid up until he lived at a boarding school and was in Okay. In like a choir and he was like the lead soprano or whatever. Right, right, right. Okay. Um yeah. Cool. So he's he's been doing that since he was about twelve or something like that. Right, yeah. Yeah. So pretty pretty talented cat. Um and then obviously there was another guy in the band beforehand, the Matt Fallon. Matt Fallon, who who's was, who's got a writing credit on? Actually, he's got one writing credit on the album. Which song? On the last one, uh, which is um, oh, not, it's not the last one here. Oh, I can't remember now. Oh yeah, it's the last one, Midnight. Oh, Midnight uh, slash Tornado. Yeah, yeah, it's, which is actually the worst song on the record. <laughs> you, I, you think? I think so. I love that one. Oh, do you really? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Oh really? Are <laughs> yeah. you serious? Well, that's interesting. Uh, Isn't that one that starts with roll it? I, I think it is, yeah. 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 No, that was uh, that was early on a favorite of mine. Okay. I don't know why. Okay. When the clock strikes midnight. Yeah. Interesting. 
Well, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll get more into that. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he also played, he was in Anthrax for a very short amount of time. Who? Um, the, the lead singer. Matt Fallon. Matt Fallon. Oh. Yeah. He, he was in between uh, Neil and Turbin, oh, okay. Turbin and uh, Joey, Joey Belladonna. Joey All Belladonna, right. yeah. Okay. In between there, he was in there. Okay. Um, did some writing. It didn't work out because he didn't. It, actually, the same story is why he got kicked out of, of, of uh, Skid, Skid Row. Skid Row, okay. Uh, Skid Row supported Bon Jovi. Yes, on the Slippery Wind Wet Tour. Absolutely. Which I didn't know. Exactly. Uh, bon Jovi was managed by Doc McGee. Yes. And Doc McGee saw Skid Row and thought, hey, you guys have got something except for that lead singer. He's, yeah. he's horrible. He's got no stage charisma. He's got right, nothing. Yeah. Now, that happened with Anthrax as well. Oh, right. That's okay. how he got kicked out of Anthrax as well. He was okay. actually on the bill the first time uh, Metallica played New York. Oh, yeah, when oh, they, right. Yeah, when Anthrax was on the bill and uh, who else? There was someone else on the bill. Um I don't know, someone, Anthrax, and, uh, okay. and Metallica. Okay, all right. Huh. And um, no. yeah, he was playing with Anthrax at the time, but they got rid of him the same way, or okay. for the same reasons that uh, Skid Row did. wonder what happened to that guy. <clears throat> well, actually, he disappeared for a long time, but he put out a record like maybe three or four years ago. Oh, A solo record, just out of out of the blue. It just come out of nowhere. Oh, huh, that's cool. Yeah. There you go. Huh. So Sebastian Bach was, uh, you know, was um, was was. You know, living in Canada by that stage, he'd gone. He'd he'd gone back, and um, yeah, I also read that that he uh, someone saw him at Mark Weiss's, the photographer, Mark Weiss's wedding. Absolutely, he was doing like Led Zeppelin covers. Absolutely. So let's and, talk more about. It. Let's play a song, and then we'll tell you that story. Yes. So here's um, "Piece of Me." See, this is my favorite author record. <laughs> Right, that was piece of me. That was that. I think is a great. Punk it is. Rock song. It is. I, I um, totally agree. That's my. That's like I said, my favorite song. And and a little bit of controversy happened later on because that was the song that was the breaking point between. Uh, you know, he 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 played that song when he was supporting Bon Jovi, and uh, right, and that resulted in. Uh, that was the climax of a feud that was building between John Bon Jovi and and Sebastian Bach. Right, and that was also the song. Where Sebastian threw the bottle in. Oh to, right, yeah, yeah, that hit a girl or whatever it was. Exactly, someone threw a bottle, so everyone knows someone threw a bottle at Sebastian Bach. Okay, and hit him in the head and split him open, and Sebastian retaliated by grabbing the bottle and throwing it back at the guy. Yeah, but instead hit a seventeen-year-old girl exactly. in the head and caused her a fair bit of 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 damage. Yeah. And then he proceeded to jump feet first into the crowd and, and try to kick the dude's ass. Is that the stuff that's on video? That's the stuff that was on video. If I remember correctly, maybe he was film. They were filming the show for an MTV show or something. Right. Like but it's all caught on video. Because that's the uh, one where he jumps with his uh, boots first, isn't it? Boots first, straight <laughs> in. Got arrested. Yeah. Um, I think it was up on like a yeah. hundred thousand dollar bail or wow. something. Um, I can see how he's friends with Axl Rose. Well, there you go. They're quite similar They're very in similar. that whole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're feet first people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he actually, he, he was found guilty for that. Yeah. And uh, he was on three mu- three years of good behavior. Exactly. Yes. And, right. And um, he had to keep him, himself pretty clean. Yeah. 
Um, but Sebastian Bach, back to him joining the band. Yeah, so it was that Mark Weiss. Yeah, um, and Mark Weiss is also that. That's the Zach Wilde thing, isn't it? That's the Zach Wilde thing as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, Zach was at his wedding. Oh, he was, right, yeah. yeah. So it was Zach and Sebastian who, they were both unknown then. Right, yeah. And um, see, Mark Weiss had a connection between getting Zach the gig as well. Right. And um, so they got up and they basically took over from the band that was playing at Mark's wedding. Okay. And and they were playing, you know, I think they were playing Led Zeppelin covers. Right. Zach on guitar, Sebastian Bach singing. Cool. And um, I've heard alternative versions, but the one I think is right is John Bon Jovi's parents were there. Okay. And John Bon Jovi parents summoned them to the table and said, hey, you need to come and check out. Right. You need to try out for this band. Right. Job, which is really weird. Yeah. Could you imagine if these two parents called you over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nicholas. <laughs> exactly. We have a, the boy next door has a band and yeah. it's you very good. You should check it out. You should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And the rumor is Sebastian really did not want to move. But, okay. Um, um, because right. he'd just come back from Madame X. Right, yeah, did yeah. Did not have a good time in Detroit. Right, yeah. And um, and then he heard the songs and he was like, fuck. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah. So, took him down there and... Uh, That's and, really cool. Exactly. Because Mark Wise was really hooked up with Bon Jovi as well. I mean, he did the Slippery When Wet cover and and, uh, and all that. He, he did the... The, the, uh, uh, the, the, the the censored version that that was only released kind of in Japan, and and then the other one, and the and the the censored and the uncensored yeah, version. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he yeah. did both. Um, he yeah. did both covers actually because yeah. he was a big. I mean, he was a big photographer in the eighties. He shot all those bands, Motley Crue and all that stuff. Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbournes. Yeah, um, <coughs> you know, he he went on and and shot a heap of other people as well. Yeah, um, I think he shot everything from uh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, he did, fuck. He did the Twisted Sister. He did the Stay. Right. He did the Stay Hungry. There we go. Yes, exactly. Which exactly. was an amazing shoot. Yeah, you know. Oh, I remember with Twisted Sister and Stay Hungry. Wasn't it that they'd been shooting for the cover all day? Yep. And then they got all tired, whatever it was, and it didn't work. So he sent the band home, and then it was just D Snyder left. I think D wanted to stay. D was exactly. Like, he wanted to stay. ADHD, and let's fucking stay. And they did it, and that ended up being the cover. And that was the cover yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. But he shot, you know, obviously to his sister Bon Jovi, Doc, and and, and later years Gwen Stefani, Slayer as well. Kelly right, Osbourne yeah. when yeah. Kelly Osbourne started. All right. So. Plus, he also used to shoot them all for Circus Magazine. Exactly, because so. Mark Weiss was one of those guys, along with Neil Slosauer yeah. and Ross Halfin, his yep. name was always in those papers. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Huh. And I, I can remember, like I'm a Ross Halfin fan yeah. and, and a Zloz fan. I yeah, like yeah, Zloz yeah. a oh, lot. Yeah. And Mark Weiss was always a little too 80s. Very much so, yeah. You know, often in a studio. Yeah, a lot of colors and stuff. A lot of colors, yeah. Yeah. But um, oh, he was there. Yeah, he was there, and and so um, so that's that's how uh, Sebastian Sebastian come and Sebastian moved in, and Sebastian actually had a kid before he. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he released his first record, wow, he, he already had a kid. Wow, yeah, huh? So Paris, his son Paris. Yes. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. So also, I mean, uh, Michael Wagner um, produced the album. Yes, and it was recorded in like Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So yes. I'm guessing that's where Michael Wagner either had his studio or why would you record in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin? <clears throat> I'm guessing what it is. Yeah. Michael Wagner obviously was the original guitar player in Accept. Yeah. You know, when he was a kid. Yeah. 
And and he did a lot of 80s stuff. A lot of 80s stuff. <clears throat> yeah, he, heaps of 80s stuff. And then he also did, um, well, he did Metallica. Yeah. He, he mixed. Um, oh, right. Yeah. He, he mixed Master of Puppets. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. He's been around. Yeah. Mixed or mastered, I can't remember, whatever. But um, he's he's definitely been around. Yeah. Um, and he's still around to this day. Yes. Still doing a lot of stuff to this day. Yes. Um, but also with his first album, that that was another thing that they had these um, monster hits with um, 18 in Life and I Remember You, uh, these kind of slow power ballad songs that I guess attracted um, girls. Absolutely. Um, and, and with the girls... Come the boys exactly. You know, that, exactly. I think that was the whole '80s metal yeah. thing. You 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 bring the girls. Yeah. If the girls want you, the guys come along because yeah. they want the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So you you basically double your audience rather yeah. than the Metallica or the Slayer or Testament or Anthrax. Right. It was like all male, all like sausage fest. So it, yeah. it would, there would be no women there. Right. So you right. kind of halved your audience. Yeah. Yeah. But so, there was massive, massive, massive hits. Massive. I mean, I mean, I remember them being massive hits over here. You, you, it, yep. they were on those videos were on TV every single day, MTV and all that. It was all the time. That was really the video time. Yeah, you know? it was. Um, and late eighties. Yeah, and eighteen, eighteen in life was was the video that really. Yeah. The first one that really kicked off for them. Oh yeah. Um, should Definitely. we listen to that song? Hell yeah. Eighteen in life, Skid Row behind the vinyl on Pirate Rock. So, so uh, yeah, eighteen in life was a. I think it was a song that that Snake. Um, he read somewhere about this guy, that this young eighteen-year-old kid. Well, okay. Had, had accidentally killed a friend or something like okay, that. Okay. Okay. And um, and that's the uh, that's the story behind. It's actually a true story. The song stems from a true story. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Right. Also found out that that the uh, it was a woman who did the um, the original Skid Row logo called Gina Juarini something right and when I was googling her name Rob Fuso's name came up as well so either she was married to the guy or she still is married to Rob Fuso the drummer original the drummer. original drummer yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a it's a cool looking logo and of course the name um, from um, you had Gary Moore before that with his old band. Absolutely. Which I don't think there was a connection. No. I think it was like from the uh, the New York. Oh, yeah. You, know, you end up in Skid Row. Park Avenue and Skid exactly, Row. Yeah. Like the, the, the richest part of town is yep. joined to, ultimately joined to the, the poorest part yep. of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, you were saying you read, how much did they pay off? 
$35,000 apparently to Gary Moore. To, to use. To use Skid Row. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense, I guess. A lot of money, though. A lot of money, absolutely. Um, and then they toured as well. I mean, they toured with Motley Crue over here. Uh, Motley Crue did the Dr. Feelgood tour, and yep. uh, and Skid Row blew him off the stage. I remember they, that tour. Younger and more hungry. and Yeah, that come to Australia as well. Right, like, yeah. Um, Motley Crue literally played one day, and okay. Skid Row played the next day. Oh, okay. All right. So, and Skid Row were just like, you know, just, yeah, just... Just hungry, yeah, edgier. Totally different energy. Yeah. Um, I also remember interviewing, I think it was Rachel who said that as well, that on that tour that they had to leave, after they played, they had to leave the arena uh, for some uh because of Motley Crue and Motley Crue being sober at that time and all. They had oh, really? to okay. rehab and all that stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. It was kind of in the contract or whatever. Right. Okay. Know, different times. Different times, man. Well, that happened a lot. That happened with the Aussie tour. Yeah. You know, that happened with Aerosmith. Yeah. Famously, Aerosmith, Guns, right. Guns N' Roses supported yeah. Aerosmith yeah. right in the beginning. And Guns N' Roses were then, they were junkies. Yeah. They were alcoholics. Right. And they weren't allowed to have any uh, any booze out on the road. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Kind of understandable because you're talking with Joe Perry and Steven Tyler. Clean at that stage. Sure. But, you know, Slash was a bad. Yeah junkie and um all these others but no one really eclipsed joe perry and steven tyler right no those guys were the ultimate yeah drug you know the toxic twins you know a lot so. of peruvian marching powder absolutely but also then they, they they also did the uh the new jersey tour with bon jovi which was a massive massive tour exactly uh the the Places sold out all over the world. And I remember, I think it was the first time I talked to Sebastian Bach. And I remember asking him, asking him if he remembered, like, uh, if he had a, remembered a moment where he felt like, damn, we've, we've actually made it now. And he said that it was on the New Jersey tour, um, probably about a month in on the US tour. And they were at, a place called Rosemont, which is just outside of Chicago and holds about 17,000 uh, people. It was sold out. And he said that, yeah, I remember I was on stage and I, I told the audience, like, everybody stand up or something. And everybody stood up. And he turned to the guys and just like, guys, this is unbelievable. We, this is, you know, we've made it now. And then he went off stage and he met Doc McGee, who he says had a tear in his eye. And he said, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That was unbelievable. Well, so that was his moment of, yeah. now we've truly made it. Yeah. And, and, and Doc obviously manages or managed them as well. Yeah. He, um, straight from the get-go, Doc McGee managed them. and uh, Yeah. And, yeah. and and um, uh, they also got to go on the uh, the uh, the well known Moscow Peace Festival Moscow because Peace of what Festival, absolutely because of part of Doc McGee's deal for trying to escape imprisonment exactly for for smuggling thirty tons of marijuana whatever it is or be, <laughs> being part of it I guess it was a bigger thing but yeah. it was part of it somehow yeah so uh, but then you you you. Uh, You've read later on and you've read interviews, and I think with Sebastian Bach as well, who said that, I mean, there was a lot of partying going on on the plane yeah. over. Well, there was no one. When they were in Moscow said, yeah. and all that, so. Yeah. You know. I know there was, there was uh, some news got out about Motley Crue were drinking and doing drugs on the plane or something, yeah. and they were trying yeah. to keep that 
because that's when they would just exactly themselves up. exactly. But um, that's also the falling out that happened between Doc McGee and definitely Motley Crue over there. All right, yeah, yeah, because that's when because um, Doc had obviously he was managing Bon Jovi, he yes. was managing the Scorpions, he yep. was managing Skid Row, he was managing Motley Crue, and the idea was there was no headliners, right? Um, and there was a bit of a a bit of a fight between Motley Crue and Bon Jovi, who was going to headline and who right. was going to close the show when Pyros and all this and yeah, and Bon Jovi ended up finishing, ended up closing the show, but Motley Crue were assured you get the same amount of time and they're not the headliner you all are, and supposedly Ozzy's like I don't give a fuck I'll start the show, <laughs> yeah. but it was the it was the one that everyone knew in Russia right. was Ozzy and yeah, they all yeah, wanted yeah. to see Ozzy. Yeah. He was the famous one, but he didn't care. He just yeah. wanted to go over and play. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then when, when Bon Jovi come out, they had the pyros and Bon Jovi come from the crowd wearing the Soviet. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Know, like a soldier's uniform. Yeah. yeah. And there's pyros and a completely upstage Motley Crue. Yeah. Motley Crue are not happy. And so basically right. I think Tommy Lee punched Doc McGee out or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. It might've been. Yeah. 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 And that, that was the end of, uh. End of their working relationship. Damn. <clears throat> now Doc McGee is back with Kiss. Now Doc McGee is back with Kiss. Is he working with anyone else besides Kiss? Or is it just Kiss these well, days? Or well, because the- Dave Snake Sabot works with Doc McGee as well. Doesn't he does. He, he, he yeah, he's, he's part Mc- of that McGee enter- Entertainment or whatever he's called. Exactly, and and one of his bands. So it's all under Doc McGee's management. Yeah. Um, Snake manages down. So right down is the part. Ted Nugent You're is right. also. Okay. In that, right. in that umbrella as well. Okay, okay. Uh, Doug Banker is his manager. All right. And is now partners with Doc McGee. All right. So Ted Nugent is involved in, you know, okay. he's, he's under that management window. Okay. Um, so there's a, there's a few others as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I just saw a funny clip that was posted just a few days ago of Sebastian Bach. Did you, did you see that one where he found a kiss mirror? I did he, see that one. <laughs> that, he, that he thought he'd lost in, in a Hurricane, what is it, Irene or whatever it was, in his home in New Jersey. <laughs> that, that boy has so much energy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Nice looking mirror, though. <laughs> a nice looking mirror, and it, and it cleaned up quite well. Because <laughs> he is a massive, massive Kiss fan. A massive fan. Yes. And he lost a lot of his stuff in the- uh, In the Hurricane, yeah. In the Hurricane. And he had, he had like- um, vials of Gene Simmons blood exactly he had he a got. lot of there's like there was this like there was this one photo shoot that Kiss did in 1980 I think where there's some like they're called like gargoyles some weird animal looking thing devilish looking and uh, they were in the shoot with Gene Simmons and I remember reading I that, remember that shoot. yeah that yeah. Sebastian actually had one of those or both of them Somewhere in that house that got lost to the hurricane and all that. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. It hey, is. um, let's play Youth Gone Wild. Probably Oof. their biggest their biggest song from that record. Yes. Youth Gone Wild. 
He even has that tattooed on his arm, I remember. Sebastian. He, he does. <laughs> How are you now when you're a 45-year-old yes. guy or whatever, having youth Oh, he's, he's got to be more. He's, buddy, he's yeah, well over 50, isn't he? I don't know. He's pretty young. He was pretty young when he did this record. Yeah. Well, he, actually, he wasn't that young. He was 21. Right, okay, yeah. So the yeah. other guys were a few years younger. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember um, Doc McGee and him obviously reconnected on this show called, um, was it Rockstar? No. What, he did a reality TV Oh, show. that was the Rockstar thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, was that the thing where they were with Ted Nugent? Ted Nugent, uh, Scott Ian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Bottom. Right, yeah. Um, Rockstar. It wasn't Rockstar Supernova. That was the other one with exactly, Tom Lee. Exactly, with Tom Lee and all that. Yeah, I can't remember what, what it was. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, savage Animal is, is what Sebastian Bach wanted to call the band. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, can, I can remember I can remember around that time um, he was telling me a story and and I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get this wrong, but but he was walking down the road with his then wife and Evan Seinfeld drive past not knowing who it was and he okay. was like beeping the horn and like, you know, Wolf whistle, you know. Right. Out, hey, girls, look at me! And Sebastian turned around and like, "What the fuck, man!" You know. <laughs> but supposedly, well, not supposedly. Another story he told me was uh, he was in a club one night, and um, his his what turned out to be his wife. Okay. Was like, oh my god, she is so beautiful. This girl, look at her. But it's she would be the perfect girl if she didn't have that mole on her back. Okay. Because he has a mole on his back or oh, something. Oh, no, okay. And, um, and then he turned around and it's fucking, it's Sebastian Mark, it's a dude. <laughs> and anyway, he ended up marrying her for like 17 years or 18 years or something. That was Maria. Dude looks like a lady. <clears throat> Vince, right there. <laughs> but so, he, had, he, he had, he had, I mean, those, my favorite two Skid Rose albums are those two. The first one, Slave to the Grind. And also when you look at shows from that time, 1989, 1990, 91. <laughs> he had a killer voice back then. Killer voice. He had an amazing voice. He had, he looked good. He, he looked really he was a good. Good looking guy. Tall guy. Tall, super tall. Yeah. Super thin. But he looked cool. He, yeah. He, there was a bit of makeup there, but he did it street level. Yeah. You know, like you said, he, he was more, he's like Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You know, Guns N' Roses come from the same place. They even come from the same place as Motley Crue. Yeah. You know, and Poison. Yeah. And all that. But they were, they could have the makeup on and they could have the, the light sure. grew pants or the sure. the red leather, but they had it in a different way because yeah. they were the real deal. Yeah. And Sebastian Bach was the real deal. He was edgier. He was more, like we talked about, he was more Guns N' Roses. Very more much Metallica, so, yeah. more, He was more Pantera. Definitely. Than being with like... Pigeonholed in. Uh, oh yeah, the guy was wild. The guy yeah. was crazy, and the guy's stage presence was unbelievable. Yeah. And it always looked like when you watch those old shows, it always looks like he really doesn't know. It's like he's got his legs are too long and his arms are too long. Yeah, it's like he doesn't really know where they are. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like flapping around, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, but and he walks. He has a special kind of walk. He has uh, a special kind of walk. Kind of walks like like it, it's kind of like. Um, um, I remember he walks like a baby giraffe <laughs> he does in a way but he kind of walks in a bit like um, like um, Clint Eastwood I remember someone saying that when Clint Eastwood enters a room his hands enter the room before him because he's kind of he's, he's kind of tilted back a bit and Sebastian Bach had that kind of walk 
on the stage as well, where he's, you know, it just looked funny. But um, no, they they were they were a great band back then. I'm so glad I I got to see him, and uh, I remember also that show. I saw them in Gothenburg with Motley Crue, and I remember that they, an old friend of mine, met them. Uh, I which I believe was later that night. I think uh, when they took the ferry from Helsingborg to Helsingør in Denmark, which is like right. a 20 minute yeah. ferry. He met them on the boat and got pictures and and all that stuff. Which is really, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. That's really cool. Way back when, love it. Um, let's play um, the the other single from the record. I remember you. remember you that's when you put your dancing shoes on absolutely did those slow dances with the girls <laughs> this was the uh the equivalent to um one of dead or alive or yeah never say goodbye yeah. from bon jovi yeah or home sweet home from motley Crue. yeah this was the uh the romantic the uh the ballad yeah the i think i mean ballad. as, as we it, said you 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 get all the girls but also think that you, you you got a lot of people that were kind of expecting those songs yeah and then the rest of the songs were like really heavy, yeah, and and quite different than those, which was you know the 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 story for a lot of those bands back then. I think sometimes it trapped it trapped a lot of people. Oh yeah, a lot of people sure. come to, um, and this is this is totally going. I'm going totally left field, but it's like Mando Diao. Yeah, you know, I heard these stories about how they did. Now I don't know this band from no. a bar of soap. No, but I heard they did a folk. Swedish folk songs. They right? did an album yeah. about Swedish yeah, folk songs. They did so, which they sold like a hundred thousand yeah. records here, and um, they would get grandmas, right? Yeah, that would hear the songs. <laughs> yeah, so grandmas would see Mando Diao. Yeah, was playing. Yeah, Sundsvall. <coughs> exactly. And they like they <laughs> yeah. rock up. Exactly. And, you know, and it was like the tour after that record. Yeah, and it's a totally different yeah. band. Yeah, they were playing True. like totally different songs. True. True. Um, so I think a lot of people got that, especially with Metallica. You know, oh yeah, they they, they hear uh, nothing else matters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come along Hell, and yeah. they're like, "What the fuck is exactly. this?" Exactly. Oh yeah. I think that happened for a lot of these bands too. Oh, you know, because the you know. the ballad was the way to get in there and get the big radio song and get the big Hell, yeah. MTV. Yeah, video and sell a lot of records and sell a lot of records. Like this record sold over five million records, man. That's amazing. That's a big. That's a big debut record. Yeah. Yeah. That's killer. That's really nice. Uh, yeah, the good old days when you when you still sold records. When records sold, man. <laughs> yes, different times. That's for different sure. Different fucking age. <laughs> different times. Yeah. Alrighty, so that is it. That is uh, that is Skid Row. Yeah, we, we could probably talk for another hour. We could we could go in detail about the publishing deal that uh, we Skid could- Row did with the. Richie and John from Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I believe we could talk at length about how you find Midnight being the worst song of the album. <laughs> and I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I it's a killer song. <laughs> well, well it, 
Yeah, I don't. But I think early on that that ended up on like mixed tapes for me. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like wow. I don't know what it is. I thought, ah, it's a good song because it's it's kind of heavy and you know. Yeah, and I I guess it, I'm not saying it was a horrible song. No, no, no. I'm but, just saying it's my least favorite from the record. Yeah. <laughs> so, there and you one, go. one one fact I do know of is that um, um, they only printed 150,000 records, which in this day and age is a lot of records. Y- yes, but back but then, 150,000 records for the world. Yeah, for this record, and it went on to sell five million records. Yeah. So they must got have, that a little wrong. They must have sold those 150,000 in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Absolutely. Jesus. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. All righty, man. Um, we'll cool. see you next week. Tune in next week. Yes. I think we have um, Bon Jovi. If um, I think we're going to do There that. we go. That's the plan to do it next yeah. week. And we'll uh, quite possibly have a uh, have a special guest joining us for that. Not, yes. Not John Bon Jovi. But, no. Um, but close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys then. Yes. Yeah, they